uh oh, I think I may have gotten disconnected. I'm being silenced by the breast milk lobby. For <laughs> <laughs> <My> big breast. <laughs> Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. And I'm Jordan. I don't have a I don't have a joke this time to go with my name. That's sad. It's fine, right? Today we're joined by a very special guest. You know him from the Horse Hoops podcast. You know him from the Potterless podcast. Or maybe you know him from the brand new podcast, Meddling Adults. It's Mike Schubert, everybody. Hello. Wow. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be a sad boy. Yeah. Was that like a choir style audience job? That's everybody is like, that's what you're supposed to do in church instead of clap. It is Sunday. So, you know, we're on brand. Labor Day weekend, the Lord's weekend. Welcome to the church boys, a podcast about God. Bless up. And that's it. <laughs> and what that's do you think? It. Bless up. I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I can speak to it. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> maybe we should talk about that. At some oh, look point. at that form. We haven't. Wow, that was incredible. Is ready to rock. That was great. You had to do it to him. I, I had <laughs> to. with prayer hands. Um, <laughs> so we like are having Mike on today. We're just going to gab, hang out. Yeah, we should put a laugh track on this podcast. Uh, talk about <laughs> why personally I have my selfish interests of talking about things that, that Mike is an expert in and that I am mm. curious about, like uh, like basketball and um, Potterless, which I assume is a podcast ab- about the alternate universe where JK Rowling never said anything transphobic. God, I mean, it, it, it wasn't that originally, but now mm, it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this story checks out. Um, but first... Mike, how was your week? It was good. It was an interesting week in that we had come back from Texas. I spent like two months in Texas just being with family since my Mm. wife can just work from home now because of the world. Okay, flex, wife flex, that's cool. (laughs) My wife, okay, let me see you. Oh yeah, my my wife that, you know, can. um, Very nice, yeah. Oh yeah, you've got all your fingers, all right, cool. All right, that's very nice, cool. (laughs) So we just got back, but actually a friend of ours was giving birth to another human, so we had to watch Mm. over their kids while they were just as like a hobby or like yeah, yeah they were just doing it for fun just i mean it fun. is their fourth kid so i guess it's a bit of a wow. hobby for them at this point and it is a kid they didn't give birth to like an adult <laughs> nah unfortunately i checked in with malcolm gladwell and she's definitely got ten thousand hours in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in gestating a child so that's the point where it doesn't hurt <laughs> <laughs> that's when you're a true expert at it yeah, so we actually got to go over and babysit the kids, which was fun. Oh, I got to play adorable. the great game of what's this like a thousand times where kids just ask you questions and you have to answer things that uh, you didn't think you'd ever have to describe before. Like one of the things they asked me, what's pinball? And I oh. had to describe pinball. And let me tell you, pinball sounds very boring when you're explaining it to a <laughs> seven-year-old. Like, oh, there's a metal ball and it rolls down a slanted glass encased uh, ramp mm. and you try to keep it up with plastic flippers. Oh, I feel like if you had just been like, it's a game, it's an old game, they'd be like, okay, and then like walk away. You know? <laughs> like, well, I, I did like say I, <laughs> glass Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glass Fortnite, yeah. I started by saying it's a game for old people. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was oh, like, oh, wow. God, well, no. Like, so, yeah, they, I they had asked to, the question. I had to double down and actually explain it. I feel like my way of describing things to children now would be to start from iPad and then work backwards mm-hmm. from there. Uh, um, it's mm-hmm. like an iPad game, but it's in real life and it's very <laughs> large and it takes up a lot of space because back in the old days, we weren't smart and we didn't have the technology that we have now. Yeah. When I talk to a, a young kid about technology now, I feel like I'm Amish. 
I'm just like, it's like a, it's like an iPad. And you mean, and they go like, you mean the iPad original that's now advanced into Klimpomp? I'm like, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Flappy was, Bird 2 with RPG mechanics. I love that kids can't talk, but they could probably like make an app faster than I could. Like that upsets me, <laughs> I think. Yeah, has the baby made an app yet or is it just kind nah, of a loser? It, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just understanding the concept of, you know, like breastfeeding and stuff i'm an expert yeah that thought the mom's mm. nose was the uh the nipple so you lazy know. yeah <laughs> that's right yeah jarvis is notoriously an expert rolled renowned expert at, at, at breastfeeding <laughs> i did it for years <laughs> i i do want to ask about your week but a quick mm-hmm. point on uh this breastfeeding meme I I recently because yeah, I have no idea what's happening, so I'm glad that I can finally learn because I'm just like seeing tweets and it's like yeah. clearly some YouTube video Jarvis made talked about breast milk, but I missed well, it, so I'm very happy right now. <laughs> well, the update. <laughs> Welcome to the explaining the joke, a segment where we take the fun out of everything. I'm Jarvis, and uh, I have made uh, several videos talking about animated stories that claim to be from real kids, but the second you investigate like any further you find out that it's almost definitely a content farm that is just trying to make money <laughs> pretending and then the challenge. elevator clapped yeah a channel made a video that for lack of a better term used my likeness about mm. being uh and then and then the, the story told in the video was about an adult being addicted to breast milk and also not only was it using my likeness but the person's name was jarvis and they were wearing a shirt that uh, instead of saying trying my best said breast is best. And oh, so it was a, like 100% no it was doubt. A, it was a hit stealing. job, oh, I they, think, actually. <laughs> full shade, no cap. It was incredible. What I've learned recently is like, you know, it's to me, it's clear that it was like some edgelord trying to, I don't know, do what edgy people think they're doing. Like, it's like you think you did something. And mm-hmm. I have recently discovered some intel because this channel is is reaching out for Instagram promotions. The people who made uh, such famous videos as, uh, you know, I'm an adult that drinks breast milk, whatever the fuck it's called. Like Jarvis is a pussy ass bitch, I think is the title. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then also uh, My Mom Loves My Cream, which is uh, a video that looks and is awful. So it turns out that they think this, this, this channel is like presenting itself as if they're making some big societal commentary because like YouTube has become too PC and people are so easily triggered and yada, yada, yada. And uh, the way that they're going to show it to everybody, the way that they're going to stick it to the, to the man and community is, is by fucking, uh Oh, I think I may have gotten disconnected. I'm being silenced by the breast milk lobby. (laughs) (laughs) For big breast. I'm being silenced by big booby. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm here to speak my truth. I'm here to tell my story. And they just they don't want me to be heard. So uh, what I found out is this channel is like going asking people for like Instagram promos. Uh, and their big thing is like, oh, you know, YouTube's too PC, yada, yada, yada. Um, and this is how I'm going to stick it to them. But I think that like for me, the critical missing link in this content, which is something that I said when I made the video about it, is that it doesn't matter if it's a joke because if no one knows it's a joke, then it is just the thing that is bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. um, and it's like there are people who are like, "Oh, obviously this is trolling," but it kind of doesn't matter. 
because not everyone knows. And so the damage is like already done. And it's not even that like there's big damage to be done here. It's just like another shitty channel. So I, so like my point is like, you've really done nothing but make a bad version of the thing that you're parroting. Uh, without the wink and the nod to the audience to like have them feel smart for getting it because it's too much the thing that it's making fun of rather than mm. like a parody of the thing. There's no parody. What to I, be right. yeah. yeah, there's what there's I, no I, link of you to breast milk. It's just like, let's make fun of this guy. Sure. And yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. In, and, in their defense, you did at one point drink breast milk and you have to admit that. Uh, Well, like when you was a baby? That's <laughs> well, true. Yeah. No, I can't okay. deny. I can't yeah. deny. Tactless. Um, my first words were breast is best. Um, <laughs> the the thing though is that I'm not even talking about me. It's more just like the the channel itself is like all of the videos are just videos that do exist on all these other like shitty channels. So without any additional commentary or context, it's I don't really know if there's a joke there. Anyway, anyway. what I appreciate so much about the breast is best video is that it's it's just aggressive <laughs> yeah it's like a genuinely transgressive video there's there's kind of a bit there as you say and they're clearly like mocking and 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 taking a shot at you but it's basically just like you can in the the writing and even the performance you can feel this tension just like oh fuck you man yeah. <laughs> it's like just like I this constant like, i don't actually think, think they're that, genuinely angry i don't actually think that it, the people who made it have a problem with me even like uh i think it's just to like get a reaction so i wasn't offended by it at all. And I made a video about it knowing full well that that's what they wanted me to do because I was like, I get a million views if I make this video and I get a, like a viral tweet out of it. And like their video still has like a hundred thousand views and it's oh, not damn, monetized. That YouTube flex. So it's like, no, I'm just saying Sorry. like, it's like, <laughs> I actually get a lot of benefit from like having something to talk about. Whereas, mm -hmm. uh, Whereas, I mean, like they do their, I'm happy to beef with, I'm happy to fake beef with channels. People eat that shit up. Anyway, that's enough of- You should uh, post an apology to them. <laughs> oh, no tap. <sighs> yeah. I really breast didn't want to make this video, but I have to come to terms with the fact that breast is best. <laughs> Jordan, I was going to ask, how is your week? It's good. It's actually very good. That's nice. It's a, a sequence of- of good things. It's been quite some time since there was a sequence of good things. That's awesome. With, with, uh, with no caveat, uh, some good kind of no cap to visa stuff. No, like no cap, no cap but no, ca no caveat. No cap, no cap. This is a pretty good day, no cap. No caviar? Oh, now it's uh, a bad day. Damn. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been solid. I'm, I'm, it's put me in a, a solid mood. You know some of the, the good stuff, and, and then there's other things like the... The, my stream has just been really, really fun. People have That's been awesome. really lovely. PC arriving soon, which I'm fucking jazzed about. Oh yeah, I, I sent uh, I sent off Jordan's PC. Fingers crossed that it arrives when it's supposed to and in one piece. Well, no, it'd be fun to put the Lego pieces back together again. <laughs> we are. It's fun. It's a lot of little coincidences that just put me in a good mood. And uh, I don't know. I'm feeling a little brighter for the first time in a long time. Hey, that's Yay. good. Is that I like that. Do I articulate that in a more detailed way? No, I don't. No. Actually, podcast listener, you haven't earned it from me. Uh, I'll tell you what you have earned from me, though. Details about Mike Schubert's week. Shubes. Oh. oh, wait. We already asked him. Oh, wait. No, I'm at Jarvis. Damn. Actually, no. Fuck it. Shubes. Ask Shubes again. That's fine. I thought the first one sucked. Watched a lot of basketball, and that was good if we need a segue hey. for you to, <laughs> nice. need to ask me about it. But yeah, the playoffs were super fun. Hello, guys. I'd really like to talk about my week, if that's okay. Do it. That's fine. Okay. Tyler, cut this out. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, if we're going to cut it out, I don't really, I don't need to talk about it. I just wanted to have fun and share with my friends. No, please, fire away. It just won't be in the episode and I'm going to take my headphones out. Oh, 
well sorry dude i feel like i'm being aggressive it's only because i don't like or respect you it's well, not like a least, crazy i'm not trying to be an asshole no no it. i understand it's it's completely warranted so sure. i asked and me and chiefs are talking actually, about it actually yeah um yeah i had a i had a good week tight man so what's yeah. up with uh what's up with people these ankle breakers these <laughs> these shoot to whoops man <laughs> these, these shoot to whoops. nothing but the bottom of the net am i right yes uh jay um, what's up my guy oh me yeah uh it's good week I think, what day is it? When are we? Who am I? What day is this? It's a recovery week for me, I think. I had a bad week last week just in terms of stress and stuff. And I know I kind of knew what I needed to do. I knew that I needed to make sure I was taking care of myself, like stop neglecting any and all self-care in favor of work. Hot take, maybe it's uh, good to have balance instead of instead of just only working and then becoming exhausted. You know, it's not instantaneous. I still have like a lot of catching up to do in terms of taking care of myself and cleaning up my apartment and shit like that. But I've started making those strides. And so it's like incremental and I'm taking it slow. I'm like, you know, working on a video where I'm not rushing to get it out because it's uh, doesn't have a brand deal on it. So it doesn't really matter when it when it comes out. And so I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to just trying to have fun and appreciate stuff. Do you so, notice a yeah. change in your habits that comes in that direction? Because some people always espouse the the benefit of, hey, change change your day-to-day habits and that'll improve your mood. Whereas mm. often if coincidentally, or not even coincidentally, but you just change your mindset. When you think you think happy and thus are happy. Oh, think happy, you stay happy. You can stay happy. Yeah. I mean, there's always a world where you do that and then all of a sudden, oh, wait, I'm staying in touch with my friends more. Or I'm, yeah, I'm playing I think more Smash. In my life, I think it's very much like when it rains, it pours in both directions. Mm. So it feels like when things are going well, I'm on top of everything. Like all of my habits are handled, like the dishes are clean, the room is is tidy. And uh, also I'm feeling energized and productive at work. And then something drifts out of sync. Like I'm riding that good feels wave for a while. And then things start to drift out of sync and drift out of balance. I lose my balance. I fall off my surfboard. I crash. Right now I'm in the period of the deep. <laughs> Not right now I'm in the deep. You're, and I'm, You're swimming back to your surfboard. I'm swimming to get back, back to my surfboard. Top. I'm trying to get back on top. I'm going to catch the wave again. And then I'm going to ride it for as long as I can. You know, so yeah. um, I'm getting back on the board this week. The only thing that I try to keep in mind is whenever I'm riding that wave, trying to make it, trying to do things that help help me stay in it for longer, if that makes sense. So like while I have this energy, let me try to use it in a productive way rather than like expending mm. that energy and then falling off my board sooner rather than later or whatever. Yeah, ride that momentum. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like it really is to switch metaphors, like when the bank is full of like goodwill and energy, it's easy to be my best self to be like, oh, if if uh, everything like has a price to it and it's like, oh, pick up, you know, the dishes when you're done using them and put them in the sink and even wash the dishes that costs $10 and it pays you back eight or maybe it even like gives me back eight. And then it also gives me a few shares in future happiness that'll like appreciate Ooh. over time. Yeah. To continue yeah. this, to continue this metaphor. Sometimes I run low on liquidity and I have, I like overdraw from the bank, even if I've got some irons in the fire that'll pay off later. This metaphor is like surprisingly working for mm. me. I'm sorry yeah. to subject you all no. to it, but yeah, <laughs> I do love a good. Metaphor. I think it's also like with these kind of things. Sometimes it's like important to choose like which which thing makes the most sense for you to do right now. Mm-hmm. Like this past week, I was 
I got a late start to getting Monday's episode of Potterless out because yeah. of caring for the kids while the baby's being born. Yeah. And I was up like really late one night editing and I was like, I got to get this editing done. But yeah. my brain was just like done with it. And I did have yeah. a lot of like cleaning around the apartment I could do. So yeah, I was like, yeah. while my brain is not in the right space to do a bunch of editing, I'll do a bunch of cleaning because that's more mindless. And then yeah. I'll like throw on headphones and listen to a podcast and something that'll like kickstart me to do it. And then I'll be happier later because then I won't have to do it. The dream is that it provides you with a little bit of uh, the mental acuity you'd need to then come back to right. the edit right. with with a sense of, oh, I'm a human being and I matter and I can do things. And I did yeah. a thing. It's worth sustaining myself. Also, I like a feeling that I could definitely get addicted to. I won't say that I'm addicted to it yet, but I would love it if I was is when you do something productive for yourself. Let's say I clean my living room. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning. I'm getting ready to go to work. I walk to the kitchen to like make my coffee. And I'm like, whoa, this living room is clean. That is a good, <laughs> that's like, it almost feels like uh, I'm in Mario Kart and I just like ran over one of those like boost strips that like mm. makes me go even faster. It's like, yeah, I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize I would get this extra this extra boost just from some some work that I did the other day. For me, falling out of balance is me losing sight that doing those things is actually going to fill up my bank rather than deplete it. Mm. So anyway, that's been Sad Boys, a po uh, podcast about feelings. <laughs> and uh, mm. now we're moving on to basketball, boys, because hey. I, oh, yeah. I do like a sport. We talked about this on the Drew Gooden episode. and Not the basketball player. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have a expert in our midst self-proclaimed we don't think so but he's <laughs> full of himself <laughs> i do run around saying this all the time yeah you're right and the nba playoffs are upon us yes, and we've are. we've had a few game sevens we've had a very dramatic turn we've had very dramatic turns of events and I, feel like I, should I put on this. Uh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we oh, are. Oh my god, okay. yeah. NBA correspondent. Oh Mike wow. <laughs> um, Wait a second, your your expression changed. I <laughs> you, shifted, you shifted posture. You became basketball. Sorry, team. can I just can I just break to say I really <laughs> hope that like people who stream 2K have on a headset then with a sweatband over the headset. <laughs> it was yeah. a fun look to have it go over the headphones. Yeah. It made me feel powerful. Like Bronny James or whatever. Isn't he really good at 2K? Oh. He just got signed by some uh, like TSM stream, or something. Or, yeah, or, some, yeah, some oh, wow. team. Somebody I know that they him. are good because a lot of people in the comments were like, "This is dumb." <laughs> so yeah. I know they are <laughs> yeah. good. I think that that's that was the thing. People were like nepotism, something, something, and then other people mm. were like, "No, he's actually quite good at 2K. He's very good." And also, you would imagine he's got a pretty good basketball mind, considering his experience with the sport. Sure, nepotism can play a form in any media, but I think the risk of putting somebody on your small number of uh, your small list of players is uh, maybe not worth it speaking of, i think they would only put on actual players speaking of non like traditional signings it's funny to say traditional in the context of esports but <laughs> are you guys familiar and i do want to get to basketball boys but this is uh this is a little bit of a sports corner but nerd nerd style nerd style sports corner are you guys familiar with how chess has become a huge esport mm -hmm. i have i didn't know it was becoming a big esport it's become big in my life because I already played chess against one of my best friends quite regularly. Right. And now that I can't play real sports because of COVID, chess has kind of like mm. satiated my competitive desire 
of when, now of when you say real sports, play. I don't understand. Is it... <laughs> Sorry, physical <laughs> sports with multiple people. Weird. Uh, oh, well, basketball. you usually play chess on like a a basketball-sized court. Yes, yes. Two chairs, middle of the court. Lots of people around watching, sweating on each other. Yeah, and you do beat the shit out of anyone that you uh, <laughs> you take. If you're able to diagonally take a pawn, you <laughs> you do tackle them to the ground. It does seem like games that where you don't need to be in person to play them have a lot of a lot less risk. You know, like uh, objectively bad. I don't know what this sports <laughs> thing you're talking about, but I'll, I'll hear you out in a second. Um, but yeah, so TSM just signed this guy, Hikaru. So it's Hikaru Nakamura. He's like a chess grandmaster. He's a very, very good chess player. And he's, I'd say, the first person to open up the chess world to the general esports world because he can put on his performance hat as a, as a streamer and be a, mm-hmm. be a very entertaining educator in terms of of the game and kind of when you're watching anybody who's like an expert of like let's say Fortnite or or crown of strike or something and you're just like in awe of their of their skill i think he has a lot of those a lot of those benefits but what's interesting to me is that i don't know currently if there's other big chess people there are many i just mean an east like sort of like oh is anyone else going to like, cause, mm. cause, uh, like as, as Cloud Nine got Casper Hikaru, yeah. Hikaru is pulling in like 17k concurrence and stuff on his streams. Wow! But like, no one else in chess, to my knowledge, is getting anywhere close to that. Like, I think there's also a conversation about like when someone big in the community gets big, how that runs off to the to the rest of the community. But I know that a lot of big Twitch like QXC or XQC or whatever his name is was is playing was playing a lot of chess, and then like. Critical and a lot of other big streamers are playing chess now, mm. but not people from the chess world. And so I'm interested to right. see, like, you know, like even Magnus Carlsen, who's like the biggest uh, troll, but also big, big chess brain. I don't know if he has any interest in entering that type of thing. So it's kind of just like a sponsorship and content deal, I suppose. Yeah. I, I would have to assume that there's going to be more trickle from existing esports folk or at the very least like high tier players on twitch through to chess than there is from the traditional chess world into esports. absolutely yeah there's a lot of uh elitism i've i've been seeing like where critical has had a couple videos about this where the chess streamers talk about these twitch streamers as being like talentless and like people who don't have like it's like very elitist you know are there any two communities in the world that are more gatekeepy yeah i was like wow (laughs) like why be so gatekeepy about this i don't understand the game is so two bouncers standing in front of two different clubs looking at each other like i'm like chess hasn't had a balance patch in 600 years like what i don't understand (laughs) How you free to be play so, for so long yeah yeah, yeah. i don't understand why you're trying to like <laughs> night op gatekeep this uh everyone knows the queen needs a nerf like it's come on it's crazy i don't know i don't know but it's interesting what do you think the next big traditional game or sport to turn esport will be has Catan popped off as an esport yet because i've been also playing a lot of online Catan. <sighs> I don't think it's popped off quite yet as an esport though i do think there's a some sort of european board game craze could be could be big. Yeah. That would be my guess. It's just some board game that's very popular. I could see like if people really get into like that or like Splendor or even something as old and awful as Monopoly. I could see like right. a board game that many people know because it's like the next step of niche from chess, which is like a well-known just like yeah, game yeah. that's existed forever. Do you, think, do you think the Mormon church would be willing to invest the money to really make the game of life pop off in the esports scene? 
Oh. Is the Game of Life a Mormon thing? It is a Mormon production. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Um, That's why you get so many points for having so many kids. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, and famously, <sighs> Monopoly was like an anti-capitalist criticism oh, like of satire. like night. Yeah, it's like satire of like Great Depression America. That, right. That was ironically kind of stolen and reattributed mm -hmm. to uh, this businessman. And right. uh, kind of proves was, the entire point of the whole thing, but yeah, yep. Shout out John Green has a great episode of uh, the Anthropocene reviewed about it. Oh yeah, shout out oh, to I would say friend of the pod, but up and coming YouTuber, up and coming YouTuber slash author John Green. <laughs> I'm one day going to ask him to be on the pod, and he will Do decline, it. but he will probably reply. <laughs> At least he will reply to my email de declining nice. me. That'll be nice. I'm sure the the God know why would I do that will be pretty pretty polite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make Sad Boys just like a hodgepodge of guests that you don't think would have anything in common but the thing that they have in common is that we want them to come on the pod <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a pretty and good way should. to go yeah, yeah. yeah and that there will be consequences if unless someone yeah. makes the big pixar it all happens in the same universe thing where mm. they draw like yarn strings between all the guests i and do how it's all intertwined i would love to have easter eggs in youtube i for the longest time i've wanted to add things to my videos that create like a very long-term lore and oh. one, I'm just bad at remembering to bring things back. Like there was a mm -hmm. time travel bit that I did where I said something about like six months in the future. And then I started getting tweets about, oh, it's been six months. And I was like, oh, right. I should like make this reference. And like I never did. <laughs> um, I but, tried to do that when I made YouTube videos. I would always put the same pair of pajama pants in the back, but in like a different spot every mm, single time. Yeah. Just because I was always like doing it in my room, so they're always there. But I was like, if I just keep doing this, maybe at one point someone will comment like, why are the pajama pants always in a different spot? And no one yeah. ever did it. <laughs> I've I've got a few I've got a few Easter eggs and things, but I want to get I want to get swifty. I want to like make it I want something to like live for a long time in in like the background and then have it sort of pay off at, uh, mm. at some you point. You should just get a plant. Time. Just like have a plant in the back and everyone could be like, the plant's doing so well. That's actually a great idea. So <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say on the, ch the chess thing is I would not be surprised if there's a company working tirelessly right now to create a game that is essentially chess, but then with balance patches <laughs> like mm -hmm. like i think that that would be interesting it would level the playing field between like the esports crowd and the traditional chess crowd and is probably a like i was just thinking about like the gamer brain and how there's a lot of history to chess and a lot of memorization because you know we're not computers and computers are better than people at chess and a lot of things is like pattern matching from previous situations and knowing how they pan out because of your like knowledge and of then the a game. ton of meta play based on expectation yeah and a la like there are objectively the ways to play heroes in overwatch at a competitive level but now they'll fuck up the team comp on purpose to trick right like cloud like nine into playing a certain yeah. way and so i would love There's to battle. see what is the difference between chess and battle chess because i knew that the esport battle chess was very lightly popular oh for i have no idea what battle chess is maybe this thing already exists there's Features that are different, and there's not a ton of games that indulge in it. Uh, we, should have, we should just ask our friend Jeff about it, because he literally just created a chess game, and now he's reaching out to streamers and esports Wait, players. Jeff as like, in? Clearly. My, Jeff, Jeff's son. Oh, that's sick. I needed to catch up with that guy. Anyway, His name is Jeff. His name is Jeff. Anyway, 
that's enough of that. Now I want to hear about basketball from our yeah, resident yeah, NBA yeah. expert, Mike Schubert. What's happening in the world of basketball? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Headbands on, ready to go. So the NBA playoffs are <laughs> happening and they have been truly, truly dramatic in that we've had a lot of game sevens. We have had games that have come down to buzzer beaters. We have had very stressful games that are very good in terms of like both teams are playing so well that it's back and forth and stressful. Mm. We've also had ones that are stressful where the teams are playing so poorly ah. that it's a question of who's going to mess up more mm. and then lose the game. So there's just been like every single type of game. There have been upsets and all this, and it's just been okay. a very intense playoffs so far, and it's like not even at the halfway point. So follow up. We're in a bubble. I think we briefly talked about this on a previous episode. And no, we're not talking about how we only listen to only listen to things that confirm our existing beliefs. But the NBA is in a bubble. Uh, literally, they're in Orlando. Yes, they are. Okay, yeah. They're the in Orlando. Disney Wide World Sports Complex. Right. So the players of all the teams, except for, was there a team that opted out? So there were, they first invited 22 teams out of the 30. My favorite team, the Knicks, got left home because we were so bad that we had no shot of making the playoffs. <laughs> so mm. they said, don't bother. So they had 22 <laughs> teams. Don't bother killing all of our players just to be <laughs> bad at the game. <laughs> they, had 22, they had 22 teams that, like, conceivably, some of the teams because the top eight from each conference go. So they had like three extras on each conference to see like you guys could fight your way into the playoffs. Right. And then now what is happening is as the playoffs go and teams get eliminated, those teams have to leave. What is a fun thing, though, is now that some of the teams have made it farther and other teams have gone home, those players and uh, the referees as well can have like family members or significant others come and stay where the other teams oh. used to be since now they have room oh. at the complex. Oh, so interesting. a fun added benefit of your team going in the next round is like, oh, my wife can you come. get more emotional children. That's actually yeah. that <laughs> feels great. That's good. And like weirdly like feels like a hostage situation where it's like, if you don't yeah. win this game, you don't get you don't to see win. your family. Yeah. I mean, or I guess you do get to see your family either there. way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you don't get to play basketball and see your family. I know. And that those are my two favorite things. It's like being a Jedi. You have to make the choice. So I I have a lot of questions about this. So yeah. So my understanding, or like what I've heard through the grapevine, is that there's been a lot of shakeups and unexpected happenings in the bubble for unknown yes. for unknown reasons. Oh wait, wait, real quick. The when the teams leave, do they quarantine mm -hmm. for two weeks before they leave, or do they just like mm -hmm. jettison them out? No, of No, the, they kick they kick them out of the bubble like the day after your team's eliminated. You have to go. I don't know because if that's they, safe. Wow. It's because <laughs> they, they force them to go to an influencer party. It's because they don't want to waste, I guess, money and testing on them. Right, but I'm just like, I guess if they're tested. Right. But I'm also just worried about. It's kind of like when they're sending everybody home from schools. It's like great, you had a bunch of people infected huh. with COVID, and now you're sending them all mm. across the U.S. Like what that's I, kind what of what I will I say is that the players get tested every single day. Okay, so there is the the teams that are leaving do not have covid okay that's that's all i needed to know <laughs> so i was asking about the craziness that's gone down in the bubble because like my understanding is that some very unexpected happenings have occurred in terms of team performance yes most notably the milwaukee bucks who were the best team in the entire league by record and they have the person who is already won defensive player of the year he will probably also win most valuable is, player is that, for the season uh Giannis ya Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo the big Greek boy uh Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah I know that I've watched many a video about his athleticism and uh how he's amazing at basketball 
it's and his Greekness. It, it's terrifying. He's yeah. an alien from the planet Dunn. Yeah. It's it's just it's like it's, his, it, it's unfathomable that I'm the same species as him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Like, I mean it's <laughs> Congrats, nice, man. Yeah. Also, uh so I, I heard something about how institutionalized racism works where Giannis didn't have didn't have citizenship in any country, despite the fact that he was born in Greece uh, oh, for a while. Anastasia would know. But I I, I remember hearing something about this. But I won't, you know, we won't follow up on that now because I guess no one else knows but me or I'm lying. I don't know. So, ah. uh, OK, so the Bucks haven't been doing well. They have been playing very poorly. Yeah. They struggled a bit in their first round series and now in the second round against the Miami Heat, who people didn't think were that good. They have been playing better than expected. And the Bucks are down three games to zero currently against the Heat, uh, which is a big shakeup because a lot of people pick the Bucks to win the whole thing. Yeah. And they might lose is in it, is the like second in, round. In like four games, teams. Yeah, they might get swept. Is there any correlation at all between like the respective place of the team and how well they are dealing with COVID-19? Oh, like is it a location-wise? Hmm. What do people think the contributing factors of like, let's say the Bucks not performing well are? The biggest confusion about it is that his coach, the coach of the Bucks, is not playing Giannis a lot of minutes. So that either means Giannis has an injury that they're not really telling people about. And there mm. was reports that he has a sprained ankle. So that might be it. Or the coach is just not doing a very good job because he has what should be the best player in the league right now. And he's not playing him as much as he can. So that's one question mark. And he's still young, right? Yeah, he's he's young. He's probably like 25. Six, maybe? He's, is there a rationale at all, like traditionally in coaching, where you would want to retain a player like that for the more competitive bouts later on if you were able to That's more of like you would you would save someone during the regular season and then now in the playoffs mm. oh, you would okay, play them right. a lot more. So that's the confusion. Like during the regular season, their team was doing so well and Giannis wasn't playing a lot of minutes, but they didn't really need him to because they were beating these you know, they'd be up by like ten or twenty points yeah. with only a couple minutes left. So just sit him. Yeah. Um, but now it's the playoffs, so it's like he and they're playing down, a whole lot of minutes. And they're down zero three. It's so yeah. it seems like they should be playing their best players at all times right. so that they don't get eliminated in short order. Exactly. Yeah, this would be the time to drink some of Michael's special stuff. <laughs> <laughs> break, uh, break glass in case of emergency. Okay, right. so so what else is uh, what else is crazy that's happening in the bubble? There is a player named Jamal Murray who was not the best. Like, he was good, but not, oh my goodness, status. And since the, play since the playoffs have started, he has just shot a ridiculous percentage from three-point land. He's just, he had multiple games where he scored 50 points, like, back-to-back. -back. There were, like, four games in a row where he, where he scored above 40 points. Like, it was just, he has gone completely basketball bonkers in the playoffs. He's leveled up. He's got the yeah. virus, uh, but I, he's got I, a different kind of virus. Yeah, yeah, it's the hot hand <laughs> virus. He's just been, like, playing out of his mind, which is very good. It's the good thing you want to see is people overperforming. Do you think so that's, that's been awesome? Do you think that'll translate into, like, a post-COVID world, or do you think there's something about the air in Orlando that's, like... <laughs> so there was, there was an interesting thing when the bubble first started. Because of the way they have it set up, obviously there's no like fans in the arena. So you're playing in an arena where it's like mostly dark behind where the basket is. There's just like a backdrop and then there's no fans. So what some of the people who are more of three point shooters were saying is that it's easier with like depth perception to oh. see the rim more clearly because it's not like a hodgepodge of colors and moving wow. people behind the, the clear backboard. It's just like a plain steady backdrop. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, like if you're yeah. in the gym, if you're in the gym, like playing a pickup game 
Mm-hmm. And you're like very good at that. And then you go to the NBA. It's like, I'm not used to this depth of field behind the thing, but this is like closer to a watching a gym game or something. And to a, yeah. It's also degree. like way easier to communicate vocally. Oh, yes. Because there's not as much noise going on. Is that happening though? I are mean, they piping noise in? So yeah, they are piping in some noise, which is partially to make the players feel more like they're in an arena and also partially so the TV broadcast feels more like you're watching it. Yeah. But also it's there because what was happening early on before they started piping in more noise is you could very clearly hear the basketball players saying lots of curse words to each other. Yeah. So the television networks uh, were very concerned with this. That is and they've had some amazing noise. Yeah. It's like, what do you think? Right. <laughs> but that's really funny. Oh, beans. Ah, <laughs> oh, you jerk. Get the heck <laughs> off of me. You're a real meanie. <laughs> Fiddlesticks. My shot isn't performing as expected. <laughs> Get that stuff out of my vicinity. (laughs) Hey, buddy, you're committing a foul against me. That's a bunch of baloney, ref. (laughs) I would challenge your belief on that particular ruling. I respectfully disagree, sir. (laughs) But carry on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a professional position where I'm not to ask. That's so funny. Yeah, it's been that might be why players are shooting better is because there's no fans. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Like the first time you. I feel like an idiot. The first time you said there's no fans, I was like, ceiling fans? Like, <laughs> there's, so warm, no, yeah. there's no wind, like, sort of fit up, fucking up the trajectory <laughs> of the basketball. And I was like, well, that makes sense, yeah. I think it would be really fun to, you know, like, if you play, like, Goldeneye or something, and you can put in, like, big head mode or slappers <laughs> only or, like, modify the game, and you do one where... Nobody's allowed to drink water and there's no air conditioning. <laughs> and you see how the team performs. Endurance game. Yeah, it's like who, who gets a <laughs> heat stroke first? Jesus Christ. I don't want to bore people with basketball talk, but I'm genuinely well, fascinated. Can I ask, partially for my own benefit, but also because Shoops is going to have the insight. Is there a particular way you recommend that people with like a, a soft interest in the sport, but didn't grow up with any kind of reference point or just say theoretically got deported and thus it's harder to keep up with things? What would you say the most effective way of getting into it is? Because it always just felt like a literacy thing for me. I would love to get it and follow the narrative. Yeah, I think Twitter can really help. There are some great Twitter follows where people. <laughs> this is the first time either. that's ever happened. <laughs> Twitter can really help. Is Gosh. like a unique <laughs> sentence that's yeah never once been said before this moment. NBA Twitter itself, you can follow lots of different people depending on what you're going for. So there are accounts that like just tweet funny stuff. There are accounts that just tweet highlights. There are accounts where they are just the reporters, so they will have insightful articles. Or you can have people that are just like talking about the big news. So you can kind of tailor your feed to to get whatever you're looking for. Thankfully, the NBA YouTube account does a, a very solid job of putting up like condensed versions of the game. So they'll have like a highlight huh. of the whole game and they're always 10 minutes long. So mm. you can basically watch a game, this is a NBA shorter YouTube? version of it or get caught up. Yeah, it's just the NBA official Ooh. account on YouTube. I may have to do that. They also have like full length recordings of old games too. So that's how I got into Melee. Like the Smash mm-hmm. Melee esports scene came from compilations that like teach you. Oh yeah, so you have the I thought you were context. gonna say you got it from the, the NBA posted like Smash compilation. Yeah, <laughs> they mixed it up. And then I mean to be very selfish, our podcast horse is literally about what you're yeah. describing. Like I, we're I love trying your, to make a podcast yeah. that is accessible to people who have never heard of basketball, but like want to follow it and understand it. So we only talk about the silly things or the entertaining things. We'll talk about the news very briefly and then talk about stories from history. Yeah. But yeah, the whole podcast exists for what you're asking. It's exactly my kind of like, I love trivia about things and basketball is something that like I've kind of 
been a casual fan of my entire life just like growing up in a sports town jarvis's hometown is just a basketball court it is just a basketball <laughs> i love the storylines in in esports and regular sports and anything really so i like love to see that stuff pay off and catching up on the lore of everything is that's that's really the shit yeah i mean basically every horse episode is like a third news a third story from back in the day and and then a third us just talking about subjective things that we like or dislike about the sport so it kind of covers all your bases of comprehension of basketball for so, sure for yeah. sure that concludes basketball boys the segment Woo. about basketball Basket that's boys. in every episode but until now we've never had anything to say <laughs> just always edited it out <laughs> yeah no it's yeah. always actually just like 25 minutes of silence and uh yeah <laughs> retention goes to shit it's, and i can't tell why it's a lot of us just going like well i bet i mean there must have been a game right I had to. I mean, it'd be crazy if there was. They must have played at some point. It's just reading the Wikipedia page about basketball. Yeah. And trying to understand. Yeah. Jordan, you had some stuff. So here's the thing. A lot of people know this about me. Uh, I'm incredibly cultured. We, true. we all know that. Yeah. Uh, That's I how enjoy... you grew the mustache. It's true. I, yes, I still can't the, the, figure that out. It's a one-to-one. -one. <laughs> people with a mustache and being cultured. Uh, or a massive pervert. <laughs> it's always one of the two. <laughs> 50, 50 uh, I like to multitask, so I've managed to cover all all my all my goals. I personally am always seeking the next great American novel. Okay, and thankfully, I'm. Did I mention that I was incredibly cultured? You, we all know this. Now you can say it as and much as you want, though. The journey's over. Oh, because I oh. have in fact found it, and what I want to do is read through a portion of it, and then I'm going to send it to the two of you in the chat and i'm thinking i read a portion then tubes read a portion and when it feels organic you can hand off to jarvis tubes okay because i know you've been learning to read and you're doing great so far, i just so don't good. want to rush you i mean yeah i've just read my first set of children's books in the past That's three great. years so yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> and, and to that you learned from the children you were looking after the last couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one fish, two uh, fish, really good. <laughs> Potterless hmm. is a podcast hey. about a person who's never read a book. <laughs> it's He's never read not a, a book. single book. You know what? <laughs> this is crazy. You're right. A is for Apple. <laughs> good, good point, fine sir. F is for friends uh, who do stuff together. This is a just a little piece of work published January 30th of this year. Okay. So contemporary novel, uh, modern piece of work. Though the work oh, itself could friend. maybe be. A period piece. I mean, it's modern it's piece of work. Hints. What is this? My autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, okay. leave. Okay, uh, go. Okay, it is a, uh, a K plus, and the I won't read the title quite yet because that might give out a little bit about it. But okay, the it is by somebody that goes by the Tableman. Okay, and it is a fiction K plus English tragedy slash spiritual. Words 913, favorites one, published January 13th of this year. And of course, one the ID favorite. is 1348945050. The, the one favorite was Obama, who was one of his of, of this year. Oh, it was on his best books of the year list. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually above Michelle's book, which got <laughs> crazy for her. But I think you'll see why. Oh, wait, Jarvis, can you put like a fireplace sound effect in the background? Is that possible? Uh, you, uh, you Maybe bet, even some light piano? You bet your sweet ass I can. Thank you for commenting on my sweet ass. <laughs> you bet your sweet ass I commenting on your sweet ass <laughs> okay so again i and this is the portion of the show that no jokes because this is the, i just want to try and class up the show a little bit no music all right the music has been paused you've just got fireplace thank you the dreamiest man in purple was looking his spiffiest that day dressed to perfection in the slickest sweater vest anyone had ever seen 
He had only just picked it up on the clearance rack, unbeknownst to the casuals, but dang did he look good. Waluigi entered the local burger <laughs> shop, wowed everyone in the establishment with his razzle-dazzle, and steezily plopped down to study his menu. A shy waitress approached the gorgeous figure's table. Can I help you, sir? She stammered, amazed by his formidable jawline. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Bird, the violet mage of... The violet mage of heart-stealing. <laughs> give me a finest... <laughs> he sounds like a, a flapper. Yeah. The well, that's a... Yeah, give me a finest... Yeah. Man, it's me, Waluigi. Yeah. Give me a glass of your finest water. <laughs> sounds like Trumbo. <laughs> give me a finest burger with some delish fries and a diet Pepsi. The waitress fainted as the illustrious sound waves bounced off her. The other workers rushed over to revive her and then quickly scampered back to the kitchen to retrieve their God's holy feast. <laughs> Five minutes later, Waluigi was ready to take a bite of his blessed sandwich. He sank his... It might be a bit rare, my friend. He sank his pristine pearly whites into the bun, slowly incising into the leafy greens, dill pickles and steamy meats. Most likely, one would relish in the glorious components. Is that a pun? However, oh boy, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm going to favourite this. <laughs> and do bear in mind, the tag for this was tragedy slash spiritual. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm afraid of the ending now. Most likely, one would relish in the glorious components. However, the warlord of love was far from impressed. The owner of the restaurant quaked in his boots as he saw the dissatisfied expression the customers displayed. The consumer displayed. Apologies. I'm sorry for fucking up this important work. The next way in America. Capitalism. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just relishing in this uh, story and listening to the Like fireplace. a warlord of love. Yeah. He prepared to fire everyone in the vicinity, including the other customers. It's not bad, sighed Waluigi, twirling his gelled nasal hair as he took the in the burger's gelled aura like a critic hair. of fine art. Is that a mustache? Surely. Because it's not interior. You can't gel that. Oh, I th I'm imagining he's gelled the oh inside Oh my god. That hmm. is but I think you are correct. It's probably mustache because how else would he get it to be like that? But my first well, thought yeah. was... Well, my first thought was... Because well, otherwise yeah. this would be unrealistic. I'm sorry, my first thought was wow. Hey, you see? Wah. It's not bad, said Waluigi, twirling his gelled nasal hair. That's the worst thing I've ever read, as he took in the burger's aura like a critic of fine art. It's just messing a smeech of something. A speech. You get me, boys? Now, uh, Shoes, would you like to read a portion starting at Own of the Chefs nodded? Yes. Can we can we <clears throat> recap what we've heard so far? So Waluigi the horrible war crime that we've read, sure. Waluigi is at a restaurant, he's wearing purple. He has gelled mm -hmm. nasal hair. And so and far... Hell of a jawline. Hell of a jawline. A jawline so powerful that it caused the waitress to faint. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's really just about his order. <laughs> Is that... Yes. Okay. Which he's mostly dissatisfied with, and the owner, him, uh, the owner himself is pretty upset about that and is willing to fire everyone including the customers <laughs> okay great i do like that you've had me start on a typo where it says own mm. of the chefs instead of one of the chefs <laughs> uh, look language is fluid it evolves over time and I'll, <laughs> uh, uh, language well, is evolving oh, at oh. a rapid rate based on this oh i'm sorry um excuse me mr immortal bard but uh these are these words aren't real get your head out your ass tubes <laughs> okay uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna hold my pop filter up here just so i can really get up close on the mic okay. but not ruin the audio okay I want to make it as intimate as possible. <laughs> I do. Own of the chefs nodded and hurriedly <laughs> slammed a bottle of ketchup onto Waluigi's table. Waluigi gave him a wink of agreement and popped the cap off the crimson container. I'm going to pop a cap the in owner... this crimson. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
The owner breathed a sigh of relief and promoted the chef to Ultra Chef Omega. I assume there's some oh. sort of magical girl sequence where he upgrades. That's when you get dark magic. Yeah. Waluigi poured an ample amount of the tomato condiment onto his open bun. <laughs> he slowly. Sexual. Oh, yeah. On top of his gelled facial. His open bun. <laughs> on top of his bare ass. He slowly <laughs> pressed the slices back together in a slow, orderly fashion. He smiled in contentment and brought the meal ever so close to his kissable lips. Mm. And then tragedy struck. Here, here we get the tragedy slash spiritual. Oh, no. A minute splash followed a thick chew that echoed across all four walls of the establishment. All of a sudden, Waluigi's worst fears had been realized. His burger had leaked and a ketchup droplet had escaped the stacked collection. To seal the deal... The droplet destination could not have been any more conveniently horrific. My grand sweater vest, cried Waluigi, staring in heart-wrenching shame at the lyc- lycopene. Is I'm sorry, I'm, this is one of those words that I know exists, mm. but I don't know what it yeah, means. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. It's, it's another term for werewolf. Is it? <laughs> I believe it is in the uh, Potter expanded universe. Because I was going to say, it's got the lichen, so that would be lycopene. Yeah. Like anthropy. That's what ketchup's made out of. At the lycopene stain splattered on his once hallowed robe. Robe? He is ruined, a shy guy customer <laughs> whispered <Hold on. laughs> to his wiggler partner. His good hood has been stripped, a Goomba mused aloud. Godhood. A pit. God, oh, his godhood. He's no longer right. a god. His own godhood. godhood. I do like his good hood, though. <laughs> like, oh, no, my good hood. A pity a thwomp breathed heavily. The restaurant owner furrowed his brow and grit his teeth. This man in an absolutely shell of his form. This man, I guess, is in. This man in an, in an absolutely shell of his former glory. <laughs> Rid my domain of this filthy scourge. And now Popcorn Jarvis. <clears throat> aye, aye, Captain, said two muscle-bound toads with serious biceps. They walked up to Waluigi and seized him by his scrawny purple arms. Moments later, Waluigi was face flat on the street, (laughs) weeping into the asphalt, tears seeping down the smooth pavement into the sewer grates. As he struggled to rise, he was constantly beat down by the passers-by who shrieked in horror at the sight of his hat. Emanation? I don't know what that is. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. Let me um, d- Google something unrelated for a second. <laughs> Emanationism is, an, is the idea of cosmology and, and co- okay. cosmology of a certain religious or philosophical systems. I almost forgot. Okay. Mothers shielded their children's curious gazes. Husbands held their dear spouses close in fear of impurities. Even the trees began to wither at the encroachment of their innocence. Several hours passed of pain and suffering. Waluigi finally caught a break from the riots and was able to. <laughs> Those are unrelated. <laughs> and was able to return to his feet. To his shock and dismay, oh, he's been lying down the entire he's been time. flat on the pavement, on the asphalt, since the riots. He's crying began. into the sewer grate. To his shock and dismay, the entire town had been abandoned. Streets were empty. There were just riots. That was very well uh, orchestrated. Yeah. Streets were empty. Doors were locked, windows boarded, and skies hazy with misfortune. Wa- I like that the weather's on board too. I know. Yeah, they're Nature like we're out fully bought in. Nature is the opposite of healing. <laughs> While Luigi wept into his sleeve and ran away as fast as he could, but to where? I am curious. He finally reached I- his home after much ado. So that was much ado about something, I, I presume. 
He mm-hmm. hoped dearly to receive a warm welcome from his brother. Instead, he was met with a hard <laughs> fist to the nose. Jesus, Why? classic Wario. He cried. Why? Wario looked down at the mucus coating his white glove. <laughs> you are not my brother. You are a tainted thief. Your evils are sickening. Be gone, demon. He took another swing. But Waluigi dodged and ran away into the forest. <laughs> Great endurance. I'm picturing as he runs through the forest, left and right, the, the trees wilt as he's next to <laughs> yeah. them. Like a trail uh, of destruction. Yeah, I believe the term is withered at the encroachment of their innocence. <laughs> That's right, yes. Their own in- innocence. Yeah. What am I done? Waluigi wept as the trees around him slowly collapsed into defamed corpses. We called it. Ah. I was careless with my lycopene consumption, and this is the horror I rue. Dirty barnacles. The crows become SpongeBob. Dirty bayetas. The crows cawed, overheard before dropping to the ground as a reflection of darkness overload. That sentence feels like I. It It was overhead. It was the crows cawed overhead. (laughs) Oh, overhead. Okay. It's sometimes hard to tell because this is. (laughs) I'm showing you a bold new version of English. The crows caught overhead before dropping to the ground as a reflection of darkness overload. It still doesn't make any sense to me, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jeff, you sound like such an idiot the first time. (laughs) Waluigi cursed his sweater vest and his hamburger. Damn it. He gripped both sides and tore the abomination off of his being. He, uh, sorry. Oh, the, the sweater vest, not the, the hamburger. Yeah. Sorry, that yeah. was... I feel like as soon as he was punished for the status of his sweater vest, I might have just... I assumed he'd just taken it off after being almost killed for wearing it. <laughs> but the, thing, the other thing is that, like, in English, right, like, we're using... We're not using, like, a direct object pronoun here. So I'm like, what is... We're not being specific whether or not we're referring to the sweater vest or the hamburger. So he gripped both sides <laughs> of what and tore the abomination... <laughs> What is the abomination <laughs> off of his being? Wait, 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 wait. He still has the burger? The way you were saying it reminds me of sixth grade English class, specifically the way you like corrected it. I remember I had an English teacher who used to write like, if you didn't do the things referring to the previous thing, they would put like in red pen, like he gripped both sides and then like arrow of what? No, <laughs> like, but specifically I... to make sure you said like of the vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wait, was your teacher Waluigi? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of what? Of what? <laughs> Yeah, because hamburger is the last thing referenced, so I'm only to assume mm-hmm, that hamburger mm-hmm. is what we're referring to. I was not under the impression that he still had the hamburger. Same. I thought he left it. Well, he carried it with him? Well, apparently <laughs> I thought it was stuck to his body because he gripped both sides and tore the abomination off his being. <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's just to make it easier to eat. Yeah. He wailed into the foggy dusk skies as he strained to regain his righteousness. Seconds passed like hours, minutes like eons. Finally, after much strife, the dark deed had been done. Waluigi discarded the two halves of his soiled tunic into the murky pond, fatefully slaying the frogs and microbes who never even had a chance. You know, pour some out for the microbes, dog. <laughs> Shout those, out to the microbes. Those microbes. They got absolutely bodied. <laughs> those, fucking, those microbes didn't know what was coming to them. Faithfully <laughs> slaying like, these pussy had to do it to and microbes. Dude, I'd be slaying microbes left and right. He prayed that he would be forgiven by Mother Nature and trudged back to his house with his mind wholly set on atonement. I feel like not much has happened, but uh, Waluigi has been seeking atonement for like the entirety of this fucking story. 
Yeah. And also, his atonement turned out to be taking off the clothes everyone hated. Yeah, it's like, damn, man. <laughs> Pretty simple. Or the From burger. Uh, because everyone knows a burger can also be referred to as a soiled tunic. Um, <laughs> Wario opened the door. So Wario didn't skip town. Everyone else, like... No. What, well, actually, I believe you know, Wario is the only resident of the town. town. Now Everybody else has left. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, uh, so by Wario, the way, Mike, I, I, if you're okay with it, I'd like you to read the last two lines. Okay. Sure, yeah. Wario opened the door slowly saw his unvested brother and jumped to embrace him. You're beautiful again, brother. He sobbed. Tears. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that Hulk? Is that yeah, Hulk, Hulk Hogan? Hogan came out. Brother. <laughs> You're you beautiful, beautiful again, again, brother. Brother. <laughs> he sobbed, tears splashing against Waluigi's solid complexion. So at least he's like got a healthy skin tone. Skin looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, brother. I am whole, he replied, uh, returning his hug. Also, I'm the narrator now. It's me. <laughs> oh, wow. The two went aside, binged house, binged house reruns, <laughs> and played oh, Parcheesi. Yeah. That's oh, the next eSport, Parcheesi. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> that was the day Waluigi learnt of transgression. That was the day we all learnt of the chains. Finn. Finn. Finn, Wait, shout Finn. out to Wario the Table Man for the story Waluigi's Lycopene Incident. Um, I do like that you just oh, called man. him the Table Man before, and now we mm, have learned I that his full name was Wario the Tableman. Well, maybe we'll make this a series. We'll read it another time. Mm. We have a Christmas-themed one and a Waluigi x Luigi fanfic. Ooh, good, good, good. I just like that the end is, that was the day that we learned of the chains. <laughs> of what? What of, chains? Of shame. I guess, yeah. Of transgression. I made. I wrote that for you. I mean, I found that for you, Shoops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love write it. it. It speaks to me. I do I always pick like Waluigi unless, in like, any Mario game that I can play possible. Like, I oh, always yeah, for pick sure. him. <laughs> well, this is somewhat of a follow-up to a previous segment we did where we read facts about Waluigi, one of which is that the voice actor based his voice on the emotion of shame. Oh, that's true. And, yeah, and we're very, does, very clear about that. Where does Waluigi's poem fit into this? Oh, yeah, there's a poem about Waluigi. I don't or like by, it singular. I him. think there's multiple. Didn't he write a poem? <laughs> yeah, Isn't that poem. the... In one of the episodes, we read a article, like a Screen Rant article or something, about Waluigi facts. Oh. Waluigi's lycopene facts. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about writing is that this, this uh, story took very basic concepts and stretched them out. Nothing really happened in that story, no. but we did hear a lot of description. It felt like I was reading War and Peace again. <laughs> <laughs> Crime and Punishment, just kidding. Crime and Punishment, which I did have to read in high school. And I remember it was the same thing of like, everything would be so described that a 50-page chapter involved Raskolnikov going down the stairs. And it was 50 <laughs> pages. <laughs> It's an interesting reference point. It reminded me the most of uh, Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Yeah. Um, and for me, it reminded me of Curious George goes to the store. <laughs> um, <laughs> All he does is go to the store. Why is it 20 pages? Why is it 20 pages long? I, you can just show me the picture of him at the store and I get the gist. I mean, Mike, this is new for you, right? Because you just read this. Yeah, I mean, this is this. So this is the only non-Harry Potter thing I've ever read. So this is Damn. a great introduction to you know literature beyond uh, the Seven Children series. How's that yeah, going? Oh yeah, we do still have the uh, fireplace going. I suppose I should pause that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fire Boys. Fire Boys, we're on fire. Then the Fire Ooh, Nation attack. That's not bad at all. Is is that the pod? Did we just do a pod? We may have just done a pod. We, we didn't get too deep into the uh, emotions and things. Are there anything, is there any emotionally vulnerable topics you want to dive into, Mike? 
Mm. Oh man. Um, I will say the one that has been, I guess, I guess somewhat emotional. We touch on it a little bit, but mm. I have wanted to, I need to get my like work, work life balance back mm. in a little bit where I'm working, I'm working a little too much and I feel bad that I'm not like doing enough things that aren't work. And it's just cause like more things have gone on my plate as I'm like doing more podcasty things. Right. So I need to do a better job of figuring out like where I can delegate and then finding the intersection of like, you know, when is it worth and in my better interest of paying someone to edit a, a podcast episode that I would normally edit right. like the time I'll save kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to get that more in check. And also part of that is just like being more productive while I'm working. Right. So that I spend less time working. So trying to like yeah. get rid of distractions Do you have, like uh, the internet. Is, is a component of that the fact that you no longer can go to the studio you're recording at home? Working at home makes me like, obviously I don't have to spend the time commuting, but I do find it easier to focus at the studio just because I'm not like in my apartment. And then like, it, I think it's easier to, in studio when I'm in the studio to like feel like I'm at work. So I'm yeah. doing more work stuff kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's very So real. it's it's kind of like it. one is better in that I don't have to commute and one is worse kind of thing. When you have the realization that you're working too much, what are the triggers for like that realization? Like, is it something that you want to have time for that you don't? When do you think to yourself, oh, this is too much, potentially? I mean, the I think the biggest thing, especially since I've been quarantined up with my wife, is like when my wife is done with work and wants to do stuff and I'm like, oh, I saw I got to edit the podcast kind yeah. of thing. Like, that's the easiest thing of like, oh, I should, you know, like, yes, my job helps in that it's like more flexible than a normal nine to five. But right. it's unfortunately getting to the point where like the, it's it's too much where I need to like balance it out a bit more. Definitely. I definitely relate to that. It's uh, I think for anybody who has the ability to sort of delegate a space in whatever space you have access to, to be a workspace and not like a relaxing space, I would recommend mm -hmm. that. I learned this lesson in college that it's uh, it's a really bad feeling to sleep and work in the same place because mm. it associates mm. those things in your brain and it becomes harder to relax in your relaxing spaces because it's the same place that reminds you of the shit that you need to do. It also creates a dynamic between sleep becomes not a privilege, but like fuel. It's like right. you turn food into a necessity instead of a, a, a joy. I mean, my bed is less than four feet away. Yeah. It's like literally right there. I live in one room currently. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm very privileged to be able to work. We are all very privileged to be able to work at home, not just in a normal nine right. to five capacity, which which uh, I'm sure we've all done at some point from home. But quite literally, we could delegate pieces of our work because we determine the workflow and we're able to move pieces around. And the, uh, our impact is very obvious if we do things well. That can be a little vaguer if you're working for an organization and nobody's <laughs> actually telling you what to do, but expecting you to have done things at yeah. some point. Uh, shout outs to people that are in that kind of position. Life is unexplored it's, it's a little like how some people have a, a lack of vocational satisfaction like i've got my job but i ultimately don't love it and it doesn't direct me it's it can be the same with life like truly with i have a lot more time than i used to now and i genuinely don't know what i want to do mm -hmm. even with the the sad boys in the stream and the whatever else i have 20 more hours in my week than i used to and i don't appear to have any hobbies yeah 
aside from reading Waluigi fanfic. I would say to the the point that you were making, Jordan, about like work-life balance. Yeah, I, do, I think it depends on how you view work. But if you view work as like not a positive thing, then work-life balance does feel like the yeah. bad stuff versus the good stuff. Yeah, mm. that's what makes it hard. Is that like my I, my job is fun. I love my job, and yeah. I'm very like fortunate to have it. It's yeah. just more of like I I do feel bad that it's more of like how it affects other people, namely that like I yeah. am not as free to just like chill with kelly and just right out as much as if i had a job where at like five o'clock i could just be like woo i'm done so right it's trying to like i enjoy the the fact that my job is fun and flexible and i and i like it but i need to also make sure it's not just like seeping out into everything because it's like well i have a cool job so yeah yeah, yeah. no same. which can be really really hard to communicate to people mechanically yeah. like even if somebody doesn't work in the same industry as you or the same career but you're working a nine to five you're going to an office you're following a certain pattern then they can at least go oh yeah i mean i'm sure you had a crazy day hey i don't know how the movie industry works but you know you're on set and now it's all wrapped up and what a crazy experience that must have been as opposed to i put audio out you may not know a single piece of how that works so you might think that should take four hours or that should take 50 hours and sometimes mike is available and sometimes he isn't and i can have no expectations because well neither can he more often than not i would imagine yeah, I like people ask me how long is it taking in an episode? It's like it's different every time. Some yeah. episodes are easier. <clears throat> sometimes the recording is smoother. Sometimes my mouth makes seven hundred click noises that I have mm -hmm. to keep editing out of mm -hmm. the episode. Like, yeah, you never know. First, I would say that like being able to think about like having the choice to make sort these sorts of changes in your life is a privilege. Not to take anything away from what you're saying, Mike. I just want to sort of mm -hmm. say for our for our listeners that we do acknowledge that that that's a like a privilege to have the flexibility in career. And I know like when I was growing up, my, you know, my mom who's taking care of me or like the people taking care of me, like didn't really have a lot of options in terms of like free time and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Cause it was very right. like in making ends meet type situation. But in terms of work-life balance as traditionally thought, one, it's a balance with like what your needs are, what you want specifically, and then then also the other people in your life or the people that like that you share space and time with and how how your work affects them. There's a separate concern, which is like something that I fall into a lot where I ask myself, am I still productive? Because working a long time doesn't actually mean yeah. doing good work. And it's often like a trap to, that, that we can like tell ourselves is that like, well, this needs to get done. So I'm going to work here until I finish it, even if it's working at a 20% capacity for five hours rather than like ending the day early, going and, you know, spending time with people where they're going to value that a lot. And then you actually are able to work at normal efficiency for one hour the next day to, to fix right. it. You know, like it's mm -hmm. sometimes hard, or at least I find it hard for myself, but I think it's just a difficult human thing to assess when you're in one situation versus the other. Like, I don't think it's fundamentally healthy to be, you know, if you're completely engulfed in your work and your life is your work, that's all well and good, but something strikes me, something doesn't hit me right about just like not having balance in general, r r balance yeah. of like a number, a number of things, because it seems, at least I know for myself, if I have all my eggs in 
one basket, it makes me disillusioned with the world. When I first started at Patreon, I was so hungry to like make a good impression that I was spending so many hours working. And especially at startups, you it's almost the expectation that you're working outside of the nine to five. Oh, like, yeah. Boundaries. And it's, don't get me wrong. There's like some tact in the way that's communicated. Nobody would ever say it explicitly, but it's... Right very much a pressure especially yeah since it kind of it, is just the you've vibe. got peers doing it no matter yeah what. at it the very like- least at the very least you have peers doing it and so there's a little bit of a social mm-hmm. it's like social pressure that's not explicit but it's like well these are my peers and so i want to be a part of like i want to belong here right and um, like and it's worst worst case scenario i'm just underperforming because everybody else has 10 more hours in the week yeah best case scenario you're able to you're secure enough in your career and stuff to be able to put forth those explicit boundaries but oftentimes like you don't have that much power you don't have that position to be able to say actually this is a no a no go for me i'm yeah. i'm going to yeah not step over this line you also don't know because i mean the only re- the only way anybody ever gets good at, at managing or setting their own expectations or uh, limiting their imposter syndrome is through just hours and hours of grind it's 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 mastery hours right mm-hmm. after 10,000 you can sit there and go like okay well no i know i shouldn't actually be working these hours and i, I know well, this I is actually unreasonable or I should be proud of this. Like when I started Patreon, I was like really hungry to prove myself. And what I observed about myself during that time, and I have a very, you know, I don't have an addictive personality to substances, but when it comes to like a one track mind, I can get very like sort of locked in with a goal. And Mm. and then while I'm trying to achieve that goal, everything else like goes to the wayside. And it's why when my shit's out of balance, my room gets messy, my dishes are piling up because I'm just like focused on focused on working. And what I realized from this like work experience is that if something would go wrong at work, it would ruin my whole fucking day. And it's like, should it? Should should that have mm-hmm. that? Like, because if my eggs are sort of distributed in my my friends and you know things that exist out out of the context of work, and and also I am personally distancing my value as a person from like my sort of work output, I think it it makes me far more well rounded, far more able to shake things off when they don't go, and ultimately better at my work itself, which is like kind of the non intuitive angle of things so those are just my like thoughts there yeah i think what can help with whatever your work situation is and what will probably honestly help me the most with all of this is trying to make the most of like when you're working being as efficient as you can so that you're not like like you were talking about earlier jarvis like you're not spending 12 hours on something working at 50 percent because you keep checking twitter your phone or whatever but instead spending six hours on it working 100 and then you have six more hours to just like chill and i ran into that when i was an engineer when i did that job and I didn't like it at all, but I just did it for the money. I would just like, when it was five o'clock, I would just fucking leave. And yeah. like, I didn't care what my peers thought of me. I didn't care what like my performance reviews was, but I knew in order, like Jordan, you said, like to feel secure in that, you have to make sure you put enough work to be like, look, you guys aren't paying me overtime. And like, yeah. here's everything I did from <clears throat> nine to five today. So like, if you do want me to work these extra hours, so, you know, like, yeah. make me do it. So I think what can help with everything and what I certainly need to do is like when it's easier to just like get focus on a thing, get it done than it is to kind of spread out and, you know, not be as focused because the the payoff of the of the time you save by, you know, putting putting your shit together and like actually finishing the thing 
ends up in, oh, I can watch a movie with Kelly and not have to be like, uh, I got to make sure I edit the podcast kind of thing. Yeah. A big thing is being able to close the loop. What I was going to say is like you have like an open parentheses or something and then you like want to like close that before you change tasks because leaving those things open kind of means that it like robs you of being in the moment. And this is something I'm so, so, so guilty of where if I don't properly like tie a bow around what I'm doing in my brain or in like let my brain move on to the next thing, I'm still, I may physically be in a different place, but my brain is still cooking on like Mm -hmm. whatever work I was doing. I'm not able to be present. And that takes away from the time I'm spending with other people. And also the relaxation I'm robbing myself of because relaxation time watching TV on Netflix is instead spending like me spinning my wheels in my head about when I get back to get back to work. And it's something I struggle with, especially because of ADHD, because it's like very easy to like latch on to a thing and be very hard to transition. So if anyone struggles with that, what my therapist has told me is like, if you say in your schedule, like I'm going to do this until this time, and then I'm going to move on to this other thing. It can help to have that written down. It can help to like write everything that's in your brain before you switch switch tasks, maybe even what you're going to do next time so that like those thoughts and ideas that could spiral into obsessively continuing to think about work can be somewhere so that you don't have to worry about if I don't stop thinking about it, maybe I'll lose this. I'll lose this context. You know what I mean? Try mm-hmm. to like codify that so that you can get a clean break from your task. And the clean break is essential. I think especially with ADHD, you can reach a point where you're hitting a a hyper-focus. It doesn't happen all the time. It often doesn't. But if you're extremely passionate about something, you've hit your rhythm, you feel very excited about the thing that you're doing, there can be a point where you're like, okay, well, I said four hours, but now we're fucking moving, baby. Ten hours, let's just go. Let's get this thing done. There are diminishing returns on those hours, and the hangover you get chemically Uh is just not worth it it's actually it's hard to stop when you've got forward momentum and hyper focus but the the benefit greatly outweighs the uh or the the consequences greatly outweigh the benefit yeah if you were to say wow i got those four hours in and i was very effective now i'm going to save some juice for tomorrow or the day after or whenever it is you'll actually have that juice whereas relying on yourself to just occasionally get obsessive and that be the time when you're successful you're either just complete in complete mania mode and succeeding because you're operating at like a dangerous speed or you're completely out of juice and and not really being anything to the table is not a healthy way to live as somebody that has been uh, doing that for quite some time. The majority of the news I got this week made me feel like I was survivable. The last year has been, um, no, you've lost everything and you just keep losing things. And Mm. the chunk of news that I've had in the last week basically made me go, oh no, I'm safer and visas are a path that is still an option and mm-hmm. the person i'm seeing i might actually get to see ever again in my life like just like small mechanical pieces that i can get excited about and the moment that happened i got back into creative and i do want to give a shout out to people that that have a major commitments and time sinks and there often just is not a solution without fixing that i can sometimes feel like creators present it as though it's just hey it's you know you gotta believe in yourself and it's your energy and no, I mean, I get, I got better at doing things like this. I mean, we started doing Sad Boys because we made very good salaries and we lived in a space where we could afford to buy hardware and had time to sit and record a show back in San Francisco. That was a point of privilege. If you work a shit ton of hours and you work two gigs, you really might not have the juice to make something. And 
maybe it's worth adjusting or getting more help with it. But I, I, I don't know. I want to fight back against people feeling guilty because they're not able to engage with this stuff. Mm-hmm. as some of that oh, peers yeah. might be for sure i definitely want to clarify that it's like it is not a the reason it makes me sad is not because it's because i have control over the situation i think yeah. it makes me feel sad about it it's like i know that there is a i do have the ability to make this not a problem so when it becomes a problem i feel bad about it because it's my fault right yeah yeah you're also struggling with circumstance though i mean the the not just the change itself but you're also brought on you're now doing the three shows, which, right. you know, obviously lazy. Get some more stuff in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the change in circumstances. I have to assume your workflow is so much harder now that is this. Uh, the studio is a portion of that, right? But I imagine. Yeah. I don't know I if mean, you worked out of the office as well. I, it's, I mean, just like little things like all this mic setup and stuff. Like when yeah. I go to the studio, I don't have to break down the equipment every time <laughs> and set it up every time and all this other stuff. Like it's easier just going to the studio and just like plug it you know it's already plugged into computers click record yeah so it's a lot easier so yeah, yeah there's things like that as well trying to work but you know that's the world we're in now we got to figure out how to be our most productive work from home selves if you are a work from home person yeah i wonder how long it'll take us to get over the inertia like just the idea of going into a coffee shop and getting to right there is like very exciting for me but at this point my muscle memory is that is such a risk and unacceptable mm-hmm. and a social faux pas and getting like sitting down with a like I haven't touched my laptop as a laptop in months. It's plugged into a desktop space because I never take it anywhere. Like why would I, it's not a portable thing. I have it stuck mm-hmm. on my monitor. Like the idea of picking it up and having almost a nostalgic feeling of like I remember what it was like to go to Phil's with a laptop. How oh the, how quaint, you know. <laughs> I was talking to someone I, yesterday about the subway and like I haven't taken it in I haven't taken it since January. That's uh, insane. Which is just bonkers. And I'm gonna have to like relearn all of the things like, oh, right at this stop, get take off this exit, and like yeah. oh, this transfer comes at this time. Like all of my little street smarts. Uh, that I knew of how to like optimize subway. I'm gonna have to relearn all of that. My subway literacy. I'm in a weird situation where like I moved to a new city shortly before COVID stuff. So I'm very Mm -hmm. comfortable at home, but I want to venture out more, but I'm not sure. It seems like everyone in Los Angeles is pretending COVID doesn't exist because like there's so many people like, like out and about at restaurants and stuff. And it's just like weird And so I'm not sure, like, I don't know. It just makes me, I want to kind of get back to living a normal life, but I'm not sure how to, how to find the, find the balance. Though I do need to leave my apartment more. I, cause I'm not leaving ever and it's bad. Mm. I shit you not in the the town where I'm staying right now, it is a 95% no mask rate. Mm. Like truly none, truly none. Uh, The pubs are also open, meaning that they're full of old, heavily smoking men. Uh, with no masks on in a small in, small dirty environment, it's crazy to me. Like it's it. New York's taking it seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got wrecked by it when it first happened, so that's yeah. Yeah, why. So, uh, but yeah. it is refreshing to see lots of people wearing masks, which was not the case when I was in Texas for two months. That was oh, oh yeah. my god, those people. Mm-mm. I got made fun of for wearing masks uh, when we stopped through Alabama, so that was cool. I've I've so heard of this crazy, yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, you're getting made fun of because. The basis of why it's even a thing is is men being insecure and then forcing that psychology onto the people around them. Literally, what it is, it's it's purely like being at high school and like wanting to wear, you know, some like clothes that you really like, and somebody is being, oh my god, weird. No, dress boring like the rest of us. Don't have passions. What the fuck? You play video games? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like 
It's the same weird gatekeeping because ultimately the thing that we toxic masculine wise are the most scared of is being made fun of and being the victim of the alpha pack. And so it's just like, no, I'll risk my life and the life of others versus being a little embarrassed or getting made fun of for sure. Because yeah. I don't want to look like I'm weak by trying yeah. to keep other people alive. Uh, I'd rather I'd fair. rather die. I'd rather <laughs> die than look weak. Wait. <laughs> Then I'd um, rather be enfeebled and weak and die weak and enfeebled than... Uh, uh, wait, hang, hang on. Uh, wait. <laughs> anyway, we're all going to die. We end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically true, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, w- w- we are ending the show, but it's, it's, it's going to be okay, everybody. We're going to be fine. None of you are going to die because anybody that's a subscriber is going to stay alive. We're all going to die, but of natural causes, hopefully, for most of us. Yes. Except for you. You know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are, Craig. Oh, Craig. Uh, thanks so much, Mike, for joining us. Check out your pods if you want to plug those real quick. Yeah. Uh, Potterless is me reading the Harry Potter books for the first time as an adult. Never read them as a kid. Uh, never read them as a kid. Very silly and goofy. Uh, just search Potterless. Horse is the basketball one we talked about where it's basketball, but we make it so everyone can understand and it's the opposite of gatekeeping. We've kicked the gate open so everyone can get in. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And then Meddling Adults is a game show for charity where two contestants go head to head and they try to solve children's mysteries from Encyclopedia Brown, Scooby-Doo, etc. And then the winner earns money for charity. Jordan was on a recording that will be coming out in a couple weeks. Jarvis, uh, the the invitation is open. We just have scheduling. We had some telephone twitter talk let's so do we'll it figure it out and get you on in the future and it's my a, favorite a premise time. of any show it's a great premise. I genuinely so i love i think it's very so biased much. but i think it's very good and it's fun and you can search for that one meddling adults all that stuff just search them wherever you get your podcasts or you can go to my website which is, which is shubes but it's s-c-h-u-b dot e-s uh, what official spanish website so i had Amazing. to pretend Espana. that i from spain Uh, please do not let the government know that will take it away from me they i did have to like put in my driver's license information when i registered the donation very fun we end every episode of sad boys with a particular phrase we We love love you you. and we're sorry boom Boom. gucci girl gucci girl how you doing